Dear sports fans, elevate your game to the next level with a Toyota truck. Drive the crowd favorite Tacoma. This versatile playmaker is ready to own the weekend. Choose the tailgating MVP, the Toyota Tundra. This is one vehicle that comes up clutch. Or ride in the adventurous 4Runner, a true champion on and off the road. Whichever truck you choose, you're getting a real winner. Come join the team of champions, Toyota Trucks. Visit Toyota.com to learn more or check out your local Toyota dealership today. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account. You get amazing odds boosts every single day. Got a pick of the week for you on this show. Uh, we're going to go a bit out here. We're going to look a little bit ahead to the NCAA 2023 March Madness Tournament. And I just want you to pick anyone that isn't Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> You son of a bitch! <laughs> For the record, the best odds go to North Carolina, Gonzaga, and Houston, all at plus 1,000. Kansas is sitting at plus 1,300, which is who AJ is going to bet on. So, Kansas is at plus 1,300? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good odds. AJ is about that. Or you could do the crazy thing. You can bet on someone like Boston College at plus 60,000. That's how you're feeling about things. BC. Don't do that. <laughs> There's quite a few teams at plus 60,000. Uh, Georgia Tech, Pittsburgh, Oregon State, New Mexico State, Nebraska, Murray State, Georgia, Fresno State, California. A lot of plus 60,000 teams that might not even make the tournament. Yes. <laughs> you know. Yeah, options. It's got options out there. That's all I'm saying. You can bet on just about anything in DraftKings. Uh, obviously, this is the NCAA tournament, which doesn't happen until, uh, well, I guess the final happens in April, technically now. So, But it's March Madness, you know. Mostly happens in March. Uh, you can go check out all of that. Of course, you can bet on any other sport basically in the world. And we sign up with the DNVR code right now. Uh, you can get your first bet matched up to $1,000. So it's a free roll bet. Uh, you get your money back if it doesn't hit. Uh, must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Getting into the show today. Um, pre-recorded here because I'm on vacation, so sucks to be these other people who are still working right now. I'm also on vacation. Dan, this is crazy. We get to do this while we're on we're vacation. All on vacation Whoa. on Friday because we're doing this today. I guess that's technically true. So I, I don't know about Megan, but I already I already made Friday plans. I'm going to the fucking <laughs> movies. What's up, Top Gun? I'm finally getting to see your ass. But we you know this topic came up the other day this week. And we wanted to talk about uh, top five players, I presume, in the NHL. I guess I won't knock you if you put a KHL player in your top five. I'd just be very surprised. Um, but you could. No one's going to stop you from doing that. Uh, anyway, we all we all came with our top five players lists, and we wanted to compare, contrast, make a, make some arguments for our guys on our lists. So the real the real. The real uh, catalyst for this was I called Nathan McKinnon a top 10 player <laughs> the other day. A uh, bona fide I, top 10 player. I think that's yeah. an important designation. Uh, like, yeah. Uh, I got a DM saying, what's up with that? 
is any more like top five. And then <laughs> we were talking about it after the show, and we were just like, I guess we could just do a show about this. Yep. Because it's August, and that's how shows get made. Anything that sparks more than two minutes of hockey conversation, we pump the brakes and go, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's turn this into a show. <laughs> so that's how August content gets created. For all the all the new podcasts out there, great free advice. There you go. You're welcome. Anything yeah. you start talking about, it can be a show. I promise. Mm-hmm. Well, so hold on. Can we also, because I just, we were all laughing our little tease off yesterday uh, when we were talking about what that dude had DM'd you. Uh, and he was like, oh, how can you say he's top five? He's easily top, or how can you say he's top 10? He's easily top five or top three, which also fall in the top 10. Correct. Those are also in the top ten. Um, but yeah, no, uh, no, no, no hate to a dude that's gonna send us a DM that's gonna turn into an entire show. So that guy ultimately, shout out that guy, he wins because his his idea has spawned the entire pod for today. Count your W's on that that front for sure. Absolutely. The one place that I'm expecting. No arguments from anyone on this show. McDavid at one. Oh, AJ. AJ's not sure. I was. I'm fully prepared for Jesse to put Makar at one. Yeah, I did. See, okay. I put someone else. You have somebody other than McDavid or Makar at one. You. It's just <laughs> nobody said no goalies. Ooh. Okay. Ah, fair enough. Fair enough. You actually, I have to revisit my list now. Holy shit. (laughs) Same. Same. I didn't even think about it. I don't think of goalies as people, so it never occurred to me. And usually in these lists, goalies are excluded for a reason, but nobody said it, so I did it. Uh, All right. Does he deserve to be number one, though? Should we start there? I can I could give my case. It's obviously open. Well, so I, I, before I want before you do that, here's the one thing I will say. To keep in mind, with at least for me, this list can change like multiple times over the course of a season. Like who the best player on earth is totally. at the time. Uh, but yeah, no, I I, I don't see any reason. I, I I'm very anxious to hear Megan's argument because. I totally see why you'd put him there. It's not a demerit on McDavid. He made my list as well, and McCarr as well, too. So it's just kind of a combination of different reasons. But since he was 17, he's been such a competitor in the KHL and international tournaments. And we've seen at the AHL and recently at the NHL level, his sustained dominance is hard to come by for this position. And I'm continually impressed by him and his ability to change the course of a game single-handedly. And for me, it comes down to what he means for his position and being a cut above the rest as a goaltender, I think is such a standout quality in a player overall. Uh, Um, There's zero um, doubt he's the best goalie in the world right now. Obviously won the Vesna. How how are you going to say someone's better when he won the award for the best goalie in the NHL? 
You didn't really. You didn't really just say. Would you? That, would you? you just? Would you? You're really just gonna say? How are you gonna say someone's better when we're literally watching like a six foot fourteen monster go to three straight Stanley Cup Finals, win a Conn Smythe, and have a Vesna in the are, last two years? So, are we looking at a five year run, or are we looking at the thing that you said can the list can change every run. three years? Yeah, that's list because in the fucking Stanley this, Cup Finals six weeks ago. This year. Andre Vasilevsky was in the Stanley Cup Finals because his team was better. The Rangers were terrible this year, and Shosturkin dragged them to relevance in the playoffs by himself. Look what you've done. (laughs) Agent of chaos. Bro. There's... I do not today. I don't believe that Vasilevsky is the better goalie. If you're looking at their careers, obviously Vasilevsky. My, is my biggest issue is you said that it's no doubt. I think I don't think there's any doubt. The dude won the Vesna with a nine thirty five save percentage. Like, and Roman Yossi almost won the Norris. Is it no doubt he's the best defenseman? No, but the, like, those are two different conversations. Oh, no doubt. This guy says, "I love what we've done here." <laughs> <laughs> I actually went from I went from really liking your pick of Shesterkin to so Jesse's top five is now five goaltenders. Well, the change I was making was actually adding Vasilevsky to mine. I had to figure out where he fit. He's he's incredible too. It's a good. I what I like about the Shesterkin pick is that it's just a different approach because you're saying history schmistry. Igor Shesterkin just had one of the greatest regular seasons from a goaltender that we've ever seen. And then followed it up with an awesome postseason run. And so you're just like, okay, well, fight me. And <laughs> for some reason, those two took fight me and decided to fight each other. <laughs> I, know, I came out of that pretty hard <laughs> yeah, Right, like... Got the, got the it was, it was the words, no side. doubt that just like I almost had to walk off this show. I mean, <laughs> again, like how are we defining the list? Are we talking greatest goaltenders currently active? Are we talking about greatest goaltenders ever? Because if it's ever, like obviously Shosturkin's not even close. If it's no. currently active, or if we're taking their entire careers, obviously Vasilevsky is better. But if we're talking right now, we're today. I'm- I'm just going to say, if we're considering careers, I don't know that Shesterkin is even top three. I agree, because yeah, his career isn't long enough. Like Because there's a guy named Connor Hellebuck that exists, who's right. also really, really, really good. It's two different conversations. But if we're talking today, right now, not looking at history, who's the best goaltender right now, and arguably the best player in the world, I think it's Shesterkin. I I think the slight edge goes to Shesterkin, but I, I just I don't know. You I mean, in in the head-to-head Eastern Conference final, Vasilevsky just outplayed him. Like they were both unreal. They were both fantastic. What what are you making that face for? He won. He won, sure, but also the Rangers are terrible. <laughs> they were up two to nothing. They were up two to nothing, and then they just stopped. Yeah, they were up two to nothing because Vasilevsky played two terrible hockey games. Like, and then he won four straight. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Uh, just out of, just like, out of curiosity, um, like since we're kind of in this room, but anybody anybody actually know what the uh, like like what their numbers were in that series? 
Off the top of my head, no. 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 Alright, I'll do the work real quick. Hold on. Okay. I didn't know if you had it in front of you and you're like... <laughs> no, 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 no. I was actually just asking. Uh, okay, so Vasi had a 919 save percentage in that series. Wow, this is... This made my list so much harder. I thought it was... <laughs> We all had this plan going into the show, yeah. Megan. Just for the, the bomb on it. <laughs> Megan, four and a half minutes in, just like completely shattered everything I thought I knew. For the record, Vasilevsky in the last four games of that series had a 955 save percentage. Okay. But no, you're right. His team was just too good. It had nothing to do with him. I, I'm not saying Vasilevsky isn't great. <laughs> I, he would be number two right behind Shesterkin on best goaltender in the world today. Uh, and then in the Tampa Bay series, Shesterkin had a 9.33. For the whole thing? Yeah. It's pretty good, man. It's yeah. It's, it's almost as good as Vasilevsky's, some might say. It's better. Probably better for the whole series. Yeah. It is better, yeah. It was 9.33 to 9.19 for the entire series. The last four games of the series, uh, Vasilevsky, I said he was a 9.50-something. Mm-hmm. Shesterkin was a 928. Yeah. Very so, good. Very good. I, I don't have an issue with him on Megan's list. It was the words, no doubt. I don't think there's any doubt if we're talking about today. I don't think there's any doubt. Rudo, Rudo is a man with hockey beliefs of true conviction. He has no <laughs> doubts about any of them. <laughs> <laughs> no Rudo doubt. Uh, okay. Megan... Has Jesse maybe rethink Igor at all, or are you confident still? I I have to have no doubt too. I have to be a woman of conviction, so I'm locking it in. So I like I like the pick. I like the pick a lot at one. Well, and if he goes on to be the greatest goaltender of all time, Megan called her shot. Yeah, I was drops, say. does he even need to be the greatest goaltender of all time? Like if he drops another nine thirty this coming season. What does Vasi do? Yeah, <laughs> Vasi drops a nine thirty, dude. Yeah. How how old is she, student? He's twenty six. Yeah. I I don't again for me the thing with Vasilevsky is like as as unbelievable as Igor Shesterkin was this year, and he was great. He was great. He had a great season. Very very much deserving. Uh, of the Vesna, my thing with Vasilevsky is just it's it's year after year after year after year. What is it now? Four Cup Finals for Vasilevsky, five Eastern Conference Finals. Great goaltender. Again, if we're looking at their entire career, Vasilevsky is obviously better. Shosturkin doesn't have the track record. There's no doubt on that I side. I just want to hear well. you say that because I was like. Like Mugatu, I felt like I was taking crazy pills. <laughs> if you're looking at entire career, yeah, it's not close. Shesterkin doesn't have the track record, but he, for the record, Vasi wasn't like a big part of their 2015. But but was was he the goalie? No, so was that still? He was still the backup. Okay, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Also, Vasi has never posted a 9:30 year. Just saying. Uh, he did on a. He did in a playoff run. He did in a playoff run, but never just in the regular saying. season. I'm just saying in a, a playoff run where he had five shutouts and won the Conn Smythe. 
And, and that season, he was clearly the best goaltender in the world. <laughs> no doubt. Just saying, oh, man. <laughs> okay. I, I would just like to point out that Vasi has also finished top five in Vesna voting for the last five years. It's yeah. Pretty, pretty strong. Yeah, he's been a finalist four of those five times. This, this probably... This, most recent year was actually his worst uh, with a fifth place finish. There's probably a decent argument already for Vassy being a top five goaltender of all time. Oh, um, I yeah. don't think so. No. Really? No. Really? Not wow. yet. Who do you have you in front gotta, of you? You guys got to remember how good some of those track records are from, from some of the all time greats, the Waz oh, and the. Hashik's and Wahasik ahead of him for sure. For sure, we don't need we don't need to get into the whole Hashik thing on yeah. this. Show. Well, and, um, and Henrik Lundqvist, uh, and obviously then you get into Marty Brodeur, and then pick a Canadian goaltender from the heyday. I don't know. See, I I also struggle with a lot of that stuff because like the whole shifting eras, like goalies back then were just. It was different, for sure. That was a very different position. Anyway, we are we are 17, 18 yeah, minutes yeah, in, we and we've made it to one. Well, so the next guy we're going to talk about, because Jesse has Makar at one. I'm assuming Makar's in all of our top fives somewhere, at least. Okay. Megan's two, Jesse's one, AJ. Uh, I also have it too. I might switch and fucking put Andre Vasilevsky at number one just for the hell of it. Just <laughs> cause more problems. <laughs> I have him at three. So, ooh, I'm very curious to hear your list. Uh, if anything else, best defenseman in the league, not Roman Yossi, Jesse. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, look, I, we we talked about this a little bit, um, the other day, and. Despite all of the arguing I just did, going back to what I was saying, like this, this is a bit of a sliding scale. And I just think that looking back at Kale McCarr's body of work this last season and into that playoff run, for me, it just, it, it felt like it, I can never tell if AJ's stressed about stuff we're saying or other things he's looking at on the internet. Um, I just felt that, watching the abs as close as I did for the last two, three months, and then getting a nice <laughs> eight day look at Connor McDavid, LOL. Um, Connor McDavid is without a doubt the most skilled player in hockey, in my opinion, that has ever owned a pair of skates. I've never seen anyone as skilled and talented as Connor McDavid is the way he skates. I mean, it's, it's, it's borderline unbelievable. Like it looks like his skates aren't even touching the ice. All of that is very true. I just didn't see one single player this year. Control the game. All 200 feet the way that Kale McCarr did. And to me, the reason I have McCarr over McDavid right now, I just don't think... If you take away the point production from both guys, put him at zero points, Kale McCarr has a bigger impact on the game 
away from the production. Obviously, it's hard to write off McDavid's production because it's so obscene. But there were a couple of those games, at least game two, and several periods after where I was making notes in the press box where you felt like McDavid could get lost when the abs were really pushing and controlling the play. When the abs were in control, you felt like McDavid, you didn't see him at times. I've never felt like that with McCarr. He has such an impact in the defensive zone. Obviously, he drives play. Obviously, he's got the finish and the skill and all that stuff. Um, I, I just, we haven't seen a, gener- or a, a defenseman since Bobby Orr, which wasn't my era, wasn't my generation to sit around and watch, um, who, who can control a game for 60 minutes the way that Kale McCarr can. Um, and I just think it's really special what he's doing given where he plays on the ice. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think anyone on this podcast would argue that Makar isn't a generational talent at that position. There's definitely a truly special player, and it, you know, AJ and I have talked about this before. We both believe that kid has a hundred point season in his career somewhere. So when he has that season, I'll say he's number one, the best player in the world. So yeah. it'll be yet another shot called on this exact podcast. <laughs> and I know the projection for him; it's a little early in his career. But I think he's going to redefine this position generationally. And he already is. Generation of defensemen coming up behind him. And I think not only the on-ice impact that we see in real time is huge, but the impact he's going to have for this position is one reason I put him at number two. I think he's going to screw up the NHL for a long time because a bunch of GMs are going to light <laughs> draft picks on fire thinking they have the next Kale McCarr and not realizing that there is no next Kale McCarr. There is one guy that is all of, all that he encompasses, and a bunch of teams are gonna trade in and be like, "Oh, well, we targeted Kevin Kurczynski because we think he's gonna be a big part of our future," and wow. that guy's not gonna Kevin have a job in five years. Wow! Like, and that guy's I not gonna have a job in I five won't stand years for Kevin Kurczynski hate. <laughs> Has nothing to do with Kevin Korczynski. It has everything to do with he's not Kale McCarr and he's never gonna be. I mean, and that's absolutely true, but he can still run a PP1. Teams get great. Awesome. I sure hope that was worth giving up the 40 goal score. So, <laughs> like, what I'm saying is, is that, that teams are going to be falling all over themselves to try and find this guy that can, that can, that can kind of be the, the heartbeat of its team, uh, the way that McCarr slowly became throughout the year, because obviously Nathan McKinnon's presence is pretty important. Uh, but I think by the end of it, you were watching it and you were saying, look, like what McKinnon does is great, but McKinnon has, has struggled in some of these series. You know, there were moments in the St. Louis series where he didn't do a whole lot. And Kill McCarr was there. He was. I would also say that there were there were games where Kale McCarr didn't do a whole lot and picked up points. Yeah, you know where his defensive impact outshined his offensive impact. And in the one series where the Oilers really really needed Connor McDavid to do something extraordinary, even for him, even for a guy with his expectations, 
It was the Colorado series. And offensively, I think he gave him everything that you could want. He had, what, like nine points in that series? Like, you're not looking at Colorado like, oh, Colorado swallowed up Connor McDavid. Shut that guy down. They just survived him. And I think that's why I still have him above Kale McCars because Connor McDavid on almost entirely on his own. I know he's got a pretty good goddamn running mate in Leon Dreisaitl, but almost on his own is a guy that other teams have to survive. And when you talk about dictating how games get played, teams, when they're on offense, when they have the puck, teams have to be extremely cognizant of every decision that they make with the puck high in their zone. Because if they make a mistake with it, Connor McDavid is going the other way, and he's force-feeding that puck into the back of the net. He is a guy that is the absolute sole focus of attention when he's on the ice. He is incredible. He's a game-breaking talent offensively. He is arguably unlike anything the, the league has seen since Gretzky. Even not even, not even Gretzky. Even... I'm not going to listen to any of this for no, we're not doing this. Um, and, and I just defensively, he's not elite, but he's above average and he's gotten consistently better in that regard in his career. And if his defense gets much better at all, and he becomes a, like a major plus on that end, good God. Because that is the kind of offensive talent that he is. And he's he's the Thanos snap as a hockey player. It's he's just see, I disagree, and that's why I don't have a, him. He's just a he's just a total fucking machine. And, and, I'm and, I, I'm blown away by his existence because watching him, watching him, I'm. So I think I'm I'm thrilled that I get to watch him play the, hockey. The part that pushed it over the top for me this season especially was in the earlier rounds watching him score the clutch goals watching him score the big goals that put his team over the top when they were on the verge of elimination against LA the way that he backpacked them yep was pretty because that was when Dreisaitl was really 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 hurting basically not even skate yeah and like obviously by the end of by the end of the Colorado series Dreisaitl was like like spent right where you were like every shift that guy's like "Ah," and like you're feeling awful for him and you're just like are they like cortisoning shotting through the boot at this point (laughs) like like I just I felt bad for him at the end but the, he McDavid's performance early in the rounds. Uh, I agree with you. I thought now you know, like it's L.A. You're like, Meh. but I, I like uh, he scored. He scored more than one point in every single game of that series, except he went scoreless one game. Otherwise, he was a multi-point player in every single game of that series. Yep. And so this is this is my point. I agree with everything you just said. I agree with, except for the fact that you think Gretzky's a better hockey player than Connor McDavid. I agree with everything you just said. Uh, my thing is, and a lot of it has to do with what you said. Game four of the Western Conference Final, going to the third period, uh, the Abs are down by two, and I remember thinking to myself, uh, I was walking back from. 
a uh, little snack area in the press box. And I said, all right, it's going to be tough. I said, Edmonton's going to try to lock it down defensively. I said, well, they can't really. They're going to try to get on get on Connor McDavid, and we got to keep pushing this, and we got to score as many goals as we can. And that's, that is just kind of my thing where when you needed McDavid to go out there and take control of the ice and take control of the game, he, he has to push the play. Part of that is what's going on around him. But you're right. Like he, he has to score a thousand goals a night because he can't contribute in the same way that someone like Kale McCarr can to keeping the puck out of your net, preserving a lead. And I just, I, I think that the overall 200 foot impact right now with Kale McCarr, it, it's just, it's just, it's equally as special in my opinion as, as to what you're talking about. Like I said, everything you just said about McDavid, check, cosign, 100%, I'm in. The fact that we get to watch this dude is incredible. Incredible, the stuff he does. Um, and who knows? Maybe his defensive game gets better and he leaves everyone behind. But I thought what we just saw Kale McCarr do was special enough that at bare minimum, it's in that same tier. And he got the cup and the con Smythe. So I give him the, the slight edge today. But I'm with you on everything that you said about McDavid. It's getting to watch this dude every day is a joke. Where do we each have McDavid in our lists? I have him at two. Okay. One. Yeah. Rudo and I have him at one. Yeah. Where do you have him, Megan? Three. So Shesterkin, Makar, McDavid? Shesterkin, Vasilevsky. Tim Danton Heinen. And then Danton Heinen and Danton Heinen cloned. <laughs> Fair enough. No, I, I like this McDavid conversation, though, especially alongside Kill McCarr, because they belong in the same conversation. It's hard to separate them one place behind the other um, because they each bring something a little bit different to the team, but the end result is an on ice impact that makes everyone around them better, uh, especially offensively for McDavid. But I, I gave McCarr the slight edge just because of the results that came from his on-ice impact, and that's a little unfair to McDavid um, because he is just a cut above the rest consistently, I mean, even from his rookie season onward. So it's really difficult to make that distinction for me, but a lot of it was driven by a little bit of bias with Kale McCarr, but also just the end result with McCarr so early in his career ending in a Stanley Cup. I, I think they're both just – they're both playing their positions – at, at a level that like, I, I genuinely don't remember the last time like, I don't remember the last time. I don't think we've ever seen anyone like Connor McDavid. Uh, and, and, you know, again, Bobby Orr, I've only ever seen highlights. I, you know, I, I didn't get the opportunity to watch 60 minutes of Bobby Orr every night. Um, I'm given to understand that he kind of, you know, played like this Rover position, the way that McCarr is where, he breaks up a defensive play and then in the same eight second span is leading an odd man rush the other way. It's like, what the hell? Uh, but they're, they're just both playing their positions at, at such a high level in a unique way that to, to your point, Megan, like it, it's, it's, it's hard to designate between the two of them because they're both so elite at what they do. So let me make an argument for my guy at two. After I tell you about Avaca TV. 
and go to avaca.tv today uh, to get TV for just $15 a month for the first three months and only 25 bucks a month after that. C-V-O-C-A dot TV to get signed up today. You use the code Colorado10 to get $10 off for those first three months. They're here in Colorado. They have Altitude. They have AT&T Sportsnet. They have the national channels. They even have other news and movie and entertainment channels as well, 60 of those. So they got plenty of stuff for you to watch all over the place, just like regular television. Uh, super easy. comes with a box. You just plug in your internet, hook it up to the TV, and you're watching it right then and there. Nothing complicated. No hoops to jump through. None of that stuff. So, again, go to Avaca TV to get signed up today for just 15 bucks a month. We're also brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNBR, which you can go get at your local liquor store. and hopefully down at the uh, the Broncos tailgate for the first tailgate of the year at the preseason game number one coming up next week. So should be fun. Preseason next week already. Oh, yeah, it, it's it's going quick. It's going quick. So go go on down to the Broncos tailgate. Get your Breck brews. Have a good time at, uh, you know, maybe the Broncos will be good this year. That's what they keep telling me. Aren't, yeah, their first preseason game is this weekend. Is it this weekend? Oh, I thought it was sooner than that or later than that. All right. Well, do it this weekend then. Go get Breck Brews at I Tailgate. It's awesome. Go check the Broncos Twitter to figure out more details than I know about it because we're recording this ahead of time. So <laughs> <laughs> it is very weird to try and record a show and be like, okay, well, the day that this thing is going to come out. Yep. It's a little bit tough. Several days from now. My hey, guy... dude, I'm going to ask you in, in the most low-stakes environment <laughs> possible. This is a non-live abs show. I was just talking to my barber about this before the show. Do you think the Broncos make the playoffs this year? Uh, and, and it's a tough question because of the I division. Think, There's a bunch of factors that go into it. I think it's no because of the division. Yeah. Uh, and I think that they're just too thin. But I think they're going to be a lot more worth three hours every week yeah, than they yeah. have been in a long time. Well, that's what, me and him, were, we, we were talking about it and, you know, we were saying like brand new coaching staff, brand new quarterback. You're in a really tough division. You can still have a good season and improve and miss the playoffs. And I just, I think that's a possibility. Okay. Yeah, that's definitely true. a possibility, man. It, it, it would surprise. I don't think anybody, if they made it. So no, 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 definitely not. My number two is Austin Matthews. Um, and I, I do think there's a real good argument to put Kale McCarr in front of him. But again, clearly I took a little bit more of a today, right now, recency, what, who is the best player. And Three. Austin Matthews put up 60 goals this year. It's something that since the in the post-lockout era has only been done two other times ever. Ovi and Stamkos? Correct. So he truly, truly had an incredibly special season on the forward side of the puck. Uh, just did did something that literally doesn't happen. It's been a decade since the last time someone put up a 60-goal season. And that's not to take anything away from the season Makar had, but we've seen over the past five, six, seven years, a handful of other defensemen put up a point-per-game season. Uh, Makar... Didn't even lead defenseman in scoring yeah. this year. Roman Yossi did. And and 
you know, I think there's an argument to be made that maybe I'm not giving McCarr enough credit on the defensive side of the puck by putting Matthews ahead of him. McCarr is very, very good there. And I think especially before this playoff run, a lot of non-Colorado people did underrate him there. But watching Austin Matthews, he has that it factor of a, of a forward where, you know, it's like Joe Sackick. That dude could be anywhere in the offensive zone and rip a puck, and everyone's just like, "Yep, that's going in the net." So, I put him at I put him at two because of the sixty goals. If you gave me another couple years of of time frame, I think McCarr is probably ahead. But right now, I'm giving it to Matthews. Uh, he's my three because uh, if you go and you look at the analytics on him, and you see that he has elite, elite defensive imp- impacts. Uh, you you get a this is a guy he's a hundred he just comes coming off a hundred point season he's coming off a sixty goal season and he's getting the job done in his own uh, in his own end. What's the problem here? Like what are we talking about? Can't win a game. So seven. yeah, I mean the uh, this is this is where how much of this is Austin Matthews? How much of this is the team around him? Yeah. How much do you hold it against an individual player? I mean, he has nine points in seven games against the Tampa Bay Lightning this year. Yeah. He scored four goals in seven games. Like, the guy... Uh, I I just don't know what more you're really saying about him. I mean, he had one game where he didn't register any points. Otherwise, he scored at least a point in every game. I Genuinely, like you, the postseason conversation, it's hard because we elevate and denigrate player status based on team accomplishment so much. You know, I mean, go back, go back to the conversation that we just had about Vasilevsky and Shesterkin, and well, Shesterkin has a shitty team in front of him, and Vasilevsky's <laughs> on a two-time Cup champ. You know, like. You know, the, some of that stuff gets elevated a little bit because teams that are successful and every single Avalanche player just got elevated a little bit. Like, if Gabe Landeskog has two or three more point-per-game seasons to start his 30s, we're going to start having a low-key Hall of Fame level of conversation about that guy. If the points start to catch up with all the other intangibles and then the Avs, say the Avs win two more cups while he's captain, you're looking at a Jonathan Taves-like situation where you're like he's the captain of three cup teams you know like so anyway um with austin the point being with austin matthews it's really hard to separate the the team stuff and the individual stuff they're all sort of tied together in some fashion but i do think that austin austin matthews has proven to me i i have him as the third uh third on my list i think he's incredible i think that he is this generation's great goal scorer uh, I think that he's I, – I, I don't know where he – I don't know how long he plays or where he ends up finishing or whatever, but I, uh, I I just think that – I mean, on, like, the goal-scoring list, like, I, you know. Oh, oh. Does he play I'll 10 years? That. Does he play 18 years? Does he does he push the Gretzky-Ovechkin threshold for goal-scoring, or does he end up more like uh, Joe Sackick? Oh, no, not that. You know, <laughs> like, oh, oh, 600 goals. Oh, what a bum. Like, where does that ultimately end up? I think we're going to look back at him and 
I think he's got a really good chance to be uh, the to to be the greatest American player ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I told you guys the other day, like he he's one of those weird players. Everyone everyone has him. Where I, I like he's sick, and I just for whatever reason I'm just not as high on Austin Matthews as other people, and I'm probably the one that's wrong. Um. But no, it's it's two things. One, in, in in terms of in favor of Austin Matthews. One, it it is the defensive impacts, right? That was literally the basis of my argument for taking McCarr over McDavid. Is McDavid is fine in his own end. He's good. He's fine. Austin Matthews is elite in his own end, and he scored sixty goals. Um, I agree with you. I think you can overblow playoff stuff um, a bit. Players kind of go through some ebbs and flows. I think uh, Austin Matthews' playoff last year really kind of hurt him in that respect, um, where he did just kind of disappear. Um, yeah, I mean, one goal against Montreal in no. uh, in a series they fucking blew. Blew. It's very line. different than nine points in seven games against Tampa Bay. And right, right. what was a knife fight of a series? Yeah. Like those are way different. I totally a year ago I would have had I probably would have had Matthews lower uh, for all those same reasons, including postseason. But this year, but you're talking about the ebb and flow. He flowed. Like last year was the ebb. This year was the flow. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. No. Uh, then. And then my other thing with him too is th- that you can't teach anyone. Dude, 6'3", 220. Like, he's just also a monster out there. Um, makes him hard to hit. You know, he's he's Val, but, you know, Val Nachushkin meets Alex Ovechkin type thing where it's just like, dude starts going to the net. Who the I'm not stepping in front of him. And you can't teach that to anybody. All right. Did you have him on your list, Jesse? Did he- I did, but I had him much, much lower than two. Where did you have him? I had him at four. And that was only because I had to make some changes and add in Vasilevsky at five. <laughs> did you have him at all? Megan? I did at fifth, but I also strongly considered putting Kucherov there. So I feel like I'm really on a different side of this conversation, but I think some of how I assess player and the projection for their career is off ice character. And I don't love Austin Matthews. I think I could grow to love him because he is just an electric natural born goal scorer. And he's so deceptive too. There's so many things that I like about the way that he plays. Wait, what don't you like about him as a person? And I'm being totally dead serious. It was the security guard incident. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. It's not like people cannot grow. There's a redemption arc, especially for this story with Austin Matthews. That is possible there, um, but that does affect my judgment of players a lot of the time. And so I didn't love that story, and I think that's why he fell so far on my list. But I have in my notes that he's going to be in this top five for years to come my personal top five like i cannot count him out of this contention altogether but i think that's what it comes down to 
All right. Um, Can, Megan, I think only four is left on your list now. That's McKinnon. Okay. Um, I also have McKinnon at four. Did either of you have him in your top five, Jesse and AJ? I had him at three. Okay. I have him at four. Okay. So pretty pretty consensus there on McKinnon being in that area. Um, yeah, look, we call the, cover the Colorado Avalanche. You've heard us rant and rave about Nathan McKinnon plenty over the last season or handful of seasons in AJ and I's case. And McKinnon brings, you know, it's funny, Jesse, you're kind of talking about that conversation with Val Nachushkin. Comparing him to Austin Matthews, but McKinnon brings some of that too. Very much a a bull in a china shop when he's at his best. It's it's I just don't understand how you stop him as a hockey player. He he can just decide he wants to do stuff and he goes and does it. And that fourth goal, yeah, the hat trick goal against the Blues that ended up not mattering in Game Five. Yeah, that was. I'll always be mad because that should have been should be an all timer. That yeah. should have been Nate's moment. Yep, I should have been I Nate's moment. I couldn't re rewatch that replay until after Game Six. <laughs> I, I couldn't even rewatch the goal because I was, yeah, it, it was. I mean that that should have been like an all time iconic Avalanche moment. Yep. Where Nathan like, McKinnon slammed the door on the St. Louis Blues by right, himself. Right. You know, said, we're not doing this again. Takes the puck 200 feet. Dunks it home. Yeah, that was... Uh... But honestly, I, I, I've i made this comparison before. And again, I'm, I'm t- when we talk about all these people, I'm, I'm thinking of them at their best. You know, we're ranking these guys. What are they at their best? And and I, I really have when when in my opinion when when Nathan McKinnon is going at a hundred percent hundred five percent he's the perfect mold of Alex Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby. He's got the vision, he's got the finesse, he's got the touch, but then he can just he can go through you, around you, past you. Uh, he's, he's got the heavy shot. When when Nathan McKinnon is at his best, he he has a complement of of a skill set that. Um, I don't know if anyone else had in the way that all these guys are unique, right? I, you know, it's interesting. I do think I, I see what you're saying, but the way McKinnon and Crosby do things, I think is very different. I think Crosby yeah. is extremely intelligent when it comes to hockey IQ. I think he's very smart at always knowing what's going on around him. I think McKinnon plays uh, significantly more off of instinct but yeah. his instincts are so, so, so insanely good right? that it looks like he's always making the right decision because he just kind of has a feel for what to do next. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And that's, and that's kind of my thing is that he's, he, he's got the ability to make those little plays in and around the net that, that you see Crosby do. But I, I fully agree with you where, where this is kind of where the Ovechkin side comes in. He does just have that sometimes like, hmm. I don't see the smart play, so I'm just going to put my head down and barrel through as many guys as I can. Yeah. And hopefully this makes it near the net. And a lot of times it does. Um, yeah, again, when, when, when he's at his best, his his combination of, um, you know, uh, aggressiveness, physicality, skill, 
Uh, I, I'm not going to put him in the same tier as Peter Forsberg because I think he did that better than anyone ever. But uh, it, it, it can remind me of that at times where it's just like hang off of him, hit him, step in front of him. He, he's just going to keep it's, going. It's just such a unique ability to be able to fly like Nathan McKinnon can top five skater in the league, certainly top five forward skater. Um, and then have that physical presence to where you you're that fast and people can't get you off the puck. Well, it's, it's, it's the way he skates too. If you watch him, the way he skates with the puck, I think it was Paul Bissonette talked about this a couple of years ago that if just, and not even with the puck, but it's actually something that I've <laughs> tried to emulate in, in my own skating. Nathan McKinnon has a unique stride in the way he uses his arms, even when he has the puck on his stick uh, and, and the way he stick handles constantly when he's skating, it's kind of the way that he keeps his arms pumping. And I think what allows him to be such a powerful skater, even at high speeds, it, it's just, it, he's again, he's not just fast. He's not just quick. He's not just loose. He's powerful. Uh, I mean, his, his strides are just, uh, he, he's, he's a unique skater in, in that way. Maybe not the fastest, uh, you know, maybe not the most agile, but, um, he, he, he's unique when he's, when he's got the puck on his stick and the way that he skates and finds a way to continue churning and, and, and generating power while picking up speed. Good mute, AJ. Good mute. Thank you. Yeah, clutch, clutch. I think too, we talked about this with Makar a little bit, but even past his individual performance as a player, I think the Avs system, which we know has become a Stanley Cup champion winning system is largely built around McKinnon. His style of play, I think has influenced the dynamic of this team and is kind of a reflection of a successful rebuild. And I look at the improvement of players who enter this current system like Nachushkin, and it doesn't seem a stretch to suggest that the DNA of the Avalanche's future is embedded with McKinnon in mind. Mm-hmm. The I think it's a great point. point, and we've compared this with McDavid's side before. The Avs have created a system and a culture where Nathan McKinnon gets to wear the A, not the C. And that takes a level of pressure off the ice, certainly away from McKinnon, where McKinnon feels a little bit more freed up to go out and just be you know, an insanely talented hockey player on the ice, whereas a guy like McDavid we've started to wonder maybe that guy shouldn't be wearing the C for Edmonton. Right. Not because not obviously because him. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of factors there, but here's the weight of the entire team on the ice. You know, while we're at it, here's the weight of the entire franchise off of it. <laughs> and honestly, the, to, to be frank, Gretzky's shadow looms large. Oh, yeah. because you're talking about, Oh, he's the greatest player. Okay, well, if he's the greatest player, Gretzky was the greatest player, and he won a shitload of cups. Right. Like, he ended a dynasty to start his own. Dude, the, uh, what's McDavid going to do? Because right, right now, all McDavid has been is roadkill for other for other, for other players' greatness. Uh, AJ, that, that's a phenomenal thing to point out. The Edmonton Oilers media room, they call it the Hall of Fame room. It's literally just wall-to-wall with their cups and Gretzky jerseys and uh, you know, Gretzky sticks and, and there's a, every time they have to get up and talk to the media, you have to do it in the shadow of all of that greatness. And, you know, yeah, Wayne Gretzky is the captain and that's who you're compared to and you're the captain. And, and it's just, that's, that, yeah, that, I mean, that's a lot to live up to. 
He they're asking him to be Wayne Gretzky and Mark Messier. <laughs> right. Right. And, um, and, and and not just like the like the tongue in cheek, oh, they need him to be Wayne Gretzky out there. Like, no, literally, that's his picture. We need you to do that. Like Yeah. And then like Messier was there was like the greatest captain of all time, right? And so great. Now he also has that pressure because you're wearing that letter too. Right. So just go out there and, you know, just be multiple Hall of Fame players. Yeah. All in one for us. NBD. All right. Jesse, you had Vassy at five? Yeah. I had Crosby, but then when I remembered that goalies existed. They're not Vassie. people, bro. <laughs> but I had Crosby there originally. Maybe a little high. I just, this is, and I hate that I'm about to say this. It's like maybe the first bit of like nostalgia ranking that I've got is Crosby. I just, we talked about watching McDavid earlier as being such a treat. Like I, I, I will forever be grateful that I got to watch prime Sidney Crosby. If you watched hockey in the 2010s, your list started with Crosby and then you yeah. built around it. Like, Yeah. yeah. And, just... and honestly, the fact that I, I, I really do like even non-bias, the, depending on the time of year, what's going on. Like he, he honestly, I think, all these years later has a legitimate argument for being like surefire top 10. I mean, he had points last year where you're like, is this, is this guy a top seven, top five guy still his, his hockey smarts and just his, his baseline ability is just so impressive. He, he doesn't have to rely on anything. So he does so many things well. And, and that I think is still Sidney Crosby. I still think is the best backhand in the world. Yep. I, maybe Miko competes with him on that front, but yeah. there's not many. Patty Kane. Yeah, Kane's got a great backhand. People too. are still, in my opinion, people are still competing with Crosby. Crosby's still the gold standard. Miko, Patrick Kane's a good one. Like, there are guys out there that are in that realm, but that that goal that he, sorry, AJ, scored against the Islanders in his first game back, uh, that, like, backhand from the circle, was like, okay, okay. After all the concussion stuff, still got good, it, man. The Islander smoked that guy multiple times in the postseason. We're good. <laughs> We're straight. Uh, okay, AJ, you have two players or one player left on your list? One player left because I've got uh, I had McDavid, McCarr, Matthews, McKinnon. Okay, uh, for me, number five, I've got Kaprizov. Okay. Um, sorry if I just stole Megan's thunder, but uh. I've got I've got Kaprizov because he's I just think that what he does from the wing and the yeah. fact that he's still on the ascent, uh, it's <laughs> I don't even know that there are words for it. I th- he's incredible to watch, and I think he's only getting better. And the fact that he controls games the way that he does from the wing and the way that he elevates a guy like freaking Ryan Hartman at center. Like we saw you guys, you guys remember when Joe Thornton had a jajillion assists one year and Jonathan Chichu scored 50 goals. Yep. And then Jonathan Chichu was out of the NHL three years later. That's going to be Ryan Hartman. (sighs) And we're going to look back at him scoring 30 goals. And we're going to be like, I don't know that we appreciated that season (laughs) from Kaprizov enough. Because Garel Kaprizov, I think, is unbelievable. He is the only reason that we talk about the Minnesota Wild as anything 
uh, close to a remote threat in in the Central Division, in the postseason, any of that. They've got a really good defense. Their goaltenders are fine. Their forward core is okay. And then there's Kirill Kaprizov. He's unbelievable. Uh, and, and he is only going to get better. It's not like he was one of the Russian guys that came over when he was 26. And this is the heart of his prime. This is the very beginning of it. He's still only 25 years old. Uh, and he's he's still on the rise. I'm, I'm enamored with Kirill Kaprizov and how incredible he already is. And moving forward, since there's been, I, I part of my rankings will have all included a little bit of future projection as well, which is why I've got the Crosby, I've got Ovechkin, I've got Kucherov a little bit lower because I, I'm expecting some slip, just enough slippage that these guys all separate as they continue the ascent. Uh, and Kaprizov is right there. He is. I thought he should have been an MVP candidate this last year, uh, a better, more of an MVP candidate. Had I had a vote, he would have gotten one of my heart votes uh, because he just, he's the Minnesota wild. He's the reason they're relevant. And again, that's like a fine hockey team, but he elevates everybody else and everything else in that organization to a different level. He's a special, special, special player. My only complaint about Kaprizov's game actually lends to exactly what you're talking about in terms of he's still getting better. There were times last year where I'd watch wild games or, or just, you know, go through, dig through Kaprizov stuff. And there would be times where you could tell he he would rely a little too much on his skating. He'd do like the seven laps around the zone and then it wouldn't really generate anything. And you'd sit, you're like, okay, you could, you could tell he's just trying to outskate everyone at that point and find a lane. And if like, that is your one complaint about him to your point, like he's getting better. He's going to figure out the, you know, how to use his teammates better, how to create a little bit more ice um, where he, his skating is so elite that I felt like a couple times he'd get a little too caught up in it and <laughs> oh no you're using your elite skating too much. Like, good problem to have. So, for similar reasons, like, honestly, I was going to say a lot of the same things about my guy at five, but my guy is Artemi Panarin. Uh, I, Kaprizov, yeah, to me, the new Panarin, basically. He's the younger <laughs> Artemi yeah. Panarin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, don't have a ton other to add than that, other than Chris Kreider's not scoring 50 goals again this year. But, you know. <laughs> 25 and 25, power play and regular strength, or full strength. Yeah. But I, I think Panarin is great, very similar in Kaprizov to his ability to drive play from the wing. You know, you're in that elite category of wingers with those two, and Patrick Kane really are the guys that in recent history have really, really been able to do that from, from the boards. So uh, I do think that was in there. Uh, a couple of other guys I considered, Jonathan Huberto, probably not there, but if you're talking about recency like I have been for most of my list, certainly had a fantastic season. <clears throat> Johnny Gaudreau, anyone have him around there? Uh, I thought about it, but I'm more curious to see how he does in Columbus away from other high-end talent like Matt Kachuk. Um and let's be let's be real here. Before this big explosion in points this last year, 
he'd been pretty shook since that postseason series where the Avs rocked his shit. And we weren't having this conversation about him. So I I think there's been enough variance in his game that I'm I'm not buying stock. If he does it in Columbus with that talent, I'm buying stock. <laughs> Megan, who did you have at five? I had Matthews. Oh, 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 who was the fifth person on your list? I was con- so I was considering Kucherov alongside that place. Like it was well, Shesterkin, Makar, McDavid, you're... McKinnon, Matthews. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I got you. <clears throat> okay, Honorable so I think the though. You, you know, I mean, there's there's a handful of guys, right? You, Matthew Kachuk. We've talked about Kucherov. You have Stamkos, who had a hundred point season last year. Drysital, obviously, in the conversation, even if he has some defensive shortcomings. Yeah. So here's the one thing I will say, because all those players are, everyone useless is really great. I I really do like honestly. Even even leave the two goalies that we've talked about in Vasilevsky and, and Shesterkin. I, I really do. We had some variance in terms of where people were ranked on our list, but I, but honestly, like I, I I really do think that the players that we've talked about today really are like, at least right now today, going into next year, that's this tier, and then there's a gap, small gap, and then for me, it's the Huberdos, the Kachucks, the Gaudreaux, like all of those really, really, really good players, you know, Miko, all those really high-end players that, for me, a lot of the players that we talked about today, McDavid, McCarr, McKinnon, Matthews, uh, Kaprizov, the, the, the two goalies, they all impact the game in, in special ways. All those other players are really, really good. They're very productive. They're very good at what they do. Um, they just don't have the same impact on the game, in my opinion. So I think all those players are right in there, but in that next tier of greatness. Okay. Well, I hate to cut us short, but we do have to go record another show that you've already seen. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to get out of here for your Friday. Hope you all have a wonderful weekend. And at least these three... We'll be talking to you again on Monday. Dear sports fans, elevate your game to the next level with a Toyota truck. Drive the crowd favorite Tacoma. This versatile playmaker is ready to own the weekend. Choose the tailgating MVP, the Toyota Tundra. This is one vehicle that comes up clutch. Or ride in the adventurous 4Runner, a true champion on and off the road. Whichever truck you choose, you're getting a real winner. Come join the team of champions, Toyota Trucks. Visit toyota.com to learn more or check out your local Toyota dealership today. Toyota, let's go places.